Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you, and it's our first Sunday of the NFL season. So, Aaron, how about we go ahead and jump right on in to four games we want to look at here, and we'll start with uh, really one of my favorites of the, the whole week. That is Bengals at the Browns. Uh, number has moved slightly. Bengals are now two-point favors. That was at two and a half uh, just yesterday, really. Total is 47 and a half. Uh, where, do you like, where would you like to start? I really like this line as well. I think this is a Bengals spot because Joe Burrow and the Bengals are healthy. I think they're better than the Browns. I don't see why, assuming that nobody is injured on the Cincinnati side, that the Bengals don't cover this spread. It's one of my favorite lines. It'll be in my top plays in lightning bets. I, I just think that since he will clear this by a field goal, at least. It is one of my favorite teaser legs. I I do think Browns to plus eight would make a whole lot of sense here in part because, yeah, the Bengals are certainly the better football team. You know, no no complaints there. But this does feel like that the Browns can keep things a a little bit close. And when I'm sort of diagnosing how I want to bet on this, a lot of this involves Orlando Brown coming into this Bengals offensive line. And the Chiefs Mm -hmm. boasted the highest pass block win rate uh, this, you know, we watched game one last night and that offensive line, you know, Patrick Mahomes was under pressure a lot, didn't take any sacks, but definitely he was, you know, running around a good bit more. Uh, the scrambles were certainly there. And so it did feel like that that Chiefs offensive line took a step back. And one of the reasons was that Orlando Brown's not there anymore. Now he's with the Bengals. And so the question for me is, how is he going to fare against Miles Garrett? a pass rusher who could finish as the sacks leader, could have the best season of any pass rusher in the NFL. So that's going to be intriguing. Will the Browns move Miles Garrett around? Kind of like how the Lions moved Aiden Hutchinson around a little bit, and he was able to wreak havoc. No one else really did uh, for that Lions defensive line, but Hutchinson certainly did. And so maybe Garrett will also be used a little bit more creatively. That will be interesting. Um, With all of the sacks that Joe Burrow takes – This may be something where, A, Garrett could have a good day, so look for Mm -hmm. sack props from him. And it may also be something where it's more of a ground game. Maybe it's something where we see a good bit more Joe Mixon because maybe the Browns, uh, in terms of the interior, may not be able to contain that ground game very well. So as far as bets I like, Joe Mixon over 55.5 rushing yards at minus 120, that's one that really stands out. But I think ultimately making this a teaser leg where, yeah, the Bengals are better, but I think the Browns can at least keep this close by getting just enough sacks on Joe Burrow to stall a couple of drives. I think this is how it plays out. Yeah, so I didn't look at Mixon props, but I was thinking the Browns will try to run the football and chew up the clock against the Bengals. So I did have my eye on Nick Chubb over 75 and a half rushing yards. I mean, he's coming off a phenomenal thousand yard rushing season and I expect that to continue for him. And I think he'll have a good day. So I like the over on his rushing prop minus 115 at BetMGM. He's just fantastic, isn't he? 
Like, what more can you say about him? I mean, I think he's the best running back in football behind uh, an incredible offensive line. You look at rushing yards over expected from next-gen stats. You look at other advanced metrics, and he's always leading the way. And he's been doing this for a few years now. I would argue his reliability makes him such a standout above Derrick Henry and all these other great running backs. And so that's definitely one where he should come out of the gates uh, nice and refreshed after a nice long break. And, you know, going up against, uh, you know, this being this Bengals defense. Yeah, it is fairly good. I mean, that's fine. But Nick Chubb's going to be just a little bit better. So I think uh, overall, it's a pretty solid prop. Would you look at any Jamar Chase props or maybe just focus mostly on Mixon? I, I don't think so personally. I wonder if this is something where Jamar Chase gets bracketed. I mean, I think he should probably still have a, a fairly strong outing, like he's still going to be wide receiver one. But this might be a deal where because there's so much depth at the receiver position – that maybe Burrow goes in other directions. Like it could be a big Tyler Boyd game. Maybe he wants to get the tight ends a little bit more involved because the short passing game is going to be most effective. I I wonder when it comes to the Bengals, it, yeah, Jamar Chase is going to have some great outings, but I wonder if this is something where it's more of a distribution kind of a contest because the Browns are just so familiar with Joe Burrow and what he's trying to do. Man, I am looking at Joe Mixon's game log. It's hard to predict like what his rushing prop. So it's set. The, I'm seeing a 54 and a half. Uh, most books have 55 and a half. One book even has 56 and a half. But he can be utilized in the running and passing game. So, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, he could he could have 27 yards. He could have 153. You know, it's kind of all over the place. Right. So it's, it's hard to predict on that one. Yeah, it can be. Uh, Browns gave up the fifth most rushing yards over expected a year ago. And while I think that it should be improved at the same time, I don't know if it's so much better to the point where your star running back isn't going to get to 56. So this is probably yeah. a better matchup for him. And look, this this Brown secondary, yeah, it was young, and yeah, uh, there were some problems with it. But I think extra year, extra seasoning, they they could be a little bit better. And I and I think it's something where the Browns know what Jamar Chase can do, and it's about bracketing him. And if other receivers beat them, well, okay, they're just too deep. But if it's something where the ground game is such to where the Browns are playing back too much and you're inviting them to run, I think the, the uh, Bengals will ultimately take those opportunities. So I think it's, it's the number of carries, volume will matter, but also to this rush defense, I, I need to see something to be proven that they can't stop just about any run-of-the-mill running back. Really quick, I was surprised about this as well, and Mario brought it up in the chat, the Burroughs 1-4 against the Browns. But hashtag mm -hmm. narrative, he just got paid. He's going to be in a good mood. You know, I think this is the time that the Bengals will be able to cover the spread. If you just get paid like that and you don't cover the spread against the Browns, a team that you are expected to beat, a rival, then what are we even doing? So I think, I think he'll rise to the occasion. Also important to be a game up on the Chiefs in the here and now because oh, that one seed yes. in the AFC could very Great well point. be up for grabs. And so I believe that's got to be some added motivation for the Bengals, 
for the Bills, for the Jaguars, pretty much any team that could be in contention to get that top seed. Not that the Chiefs have taken a step back necessarily, but they did lose a game. And so to be one game up on Kansas City, uh, hard not to take that opportunity and just be a little bit more motivated. Uh, Yeah, it's week one, so that's super exciting, but there may be something where maybe you don't need to pace yourself because you're trying to get to 13, 14 wins, something like that. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's going to be interesting. Let's move on now to Buccaneers and Vikings. Uh, Minnesota now five and a half point favorites. This number's moved down by half a point. Was it Vikings minus six? Total is 45 and a half. How do you see this one shaking out? Hmm. I like the Vikings on the spread in this situation. Listen, they've got Justin Jefferson, the offensive player of the year. I know Kirk Cousins is kind of meh. He's average. But listen, this isn't in prime time. This is a one o'clock game for him. He'll be just fine. Maybe. Oh, the here will... we go. Here we go. <laughs> Maybe the Bucks will exceed expectations, but I don't think it's going to be week one. I don't think they can keep up with this Vikings offense. Oh, I'm taking Tampa Bay uh, to cover the number. Not not money line. I, that would be crazy. But I do think they can cover this. My model has this more like Vikings minus four and a half. Better I pounced on it earlier, so I lose half a point there. But I, I do think that the Bucks can at least cover this number. I get they were kind of fairly average uh, when, it came to, when it came to completion percentage over expected uh, per next-gen stats. Receivers were able to, uh, you know, catch some more difficult throws against uh, this Bucks secondary. But look, uh, it's still top-heavy. You still have some great defensive backs there. So while I think Justin Jefferson can still get his, I think the question is, how will the rest of the receivers do? And some of them will be playing in their first NFL game, like a Jordan Addison, guys like that. So this is something where I have questions about everybody else beyond Jefferson. I also wonder, too, the Vikings, you know, defensively, there are a lot of questions. And what I've been hearing about how this Bucks offense will be evolving under a new offensive coordinator yeah, it is Baker Mayfield, and maybe he doesn't inspire a whole lot of people, but this may be an offense that is sort of tailor-made to his strengths more as an athlete, as a bootleg passer, those kinds of things. And sometimes, even if you have the most average of quarterbacks with an elite offensive coordinator and that marriage is able to work, and it sounds like at least they're on the same page and the communication is really strong, it's something where at least they can stay competitive. And this is a sizable number, five and a half. So you still have a couple of great receivers for the Bucs. It's a very top-heavy team where if they don't suffer any injuries, they're going to win some games. Maybe not this one, but at least they can keep it competitive. Yeah, I disagree. This is one we are going to disagree on. I don't think the Bucs are going to be very good this season, especially not week one. Trying to figure things out. Life without Tom Brady. I know Tom Brady looked old, but Baker Mayfield's nowhere close, and I think this offense is going to struggle and can't keep up with the Vikings. Even if the Vikings did lose some players on both sides of the ball, they did add some pieces, and even if those pieces are rookies like Jordan Addison, I'm not that worried about it. At some point, the Vikings will regress. Is this something where I'm going to hear the Vikings cover? Every I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be week one. And I think the the Bucks okay. could exceed expectations. I just don't think it's in this game. Okay. I'm not worried. No, that, that's fair enough. 
No, no, that's fair enough. I, I it is something though where it, it's it is that sort of temptation where you, you go in and you're like, okay, yes, this team will not be as good. Like, uh, you know, I have questions about yeah. say, the Jaguars and maybe these games will be more competitive. But then you get into like week by week situations, like, oh, I can't do it there. So, I mean, the Vikings were in a ton of close games. They probably will regress, but they won 13 games. I don't think they're going to completely fall off a cliff and be a seven-win team. They didn't make that many changes, and Kirk Cousins isn't that bad. I think it's almost been a little bit of an overreaction. Oh, they were so lucky, and then they lost in the playoffs, and I don't think it'll be that big of an overreaction, even if they do have some regression and got lucky last season. So Jaguars and Colts, uh, Jags are on the road within the division, and yet they are five-point favorites. The total is 46-and-a-half. It is the debut for Colts rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson taking the world by storm already in fantasy circles. I'm hearing about how much value that he is presenting, largely because of his rushing ability. So maybe that's the first place you look as far as props are concerned. And maybe a lot of these prop numbers are going to be inefficient because we don't exactly know how Shane Steichen will use Richardson and things like that. So there are a lot of unknowns, but how are you beginning your handicap with this game, Aaron? Hmm. I mean, there's no Jonathan Taylor, right? Oh, boy. Um I don't know. Is he playing? Like, what is the situation? Famously there? still on the I, I just think, list. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah, I think he's out for the first four weeks. That's right. Yeah. And you have, um, you know, a rookie quarterback. I just think this is a tough position for the Colts. Maybe they do get things together, but I'm overall down on this Colts team, especially for like the first four weeks of the season. I don't know what they're going to do. This is more of a let's get our guy out there, get him some reps and hope we don't get destroyed. Maybe we can steal a win here or there, but this is a Jag spot for me. If I went ahead and uh, told you that Jag Super Bowl was one of my futures, I can't have them losing to the Colts week one, can I? So, yeah, Jags <laughs> minus five for me, or minus four and a half, actually. There's a four and a half out there. Good. No, that's good. Um, I'm curious when it comes to how Calvin Ridley is going to be incorporated in this offense because with Trevor Lawrence, yeah. it was all those quick passes that helped him have that incredible run in the second half where, okay, he knew the, the protection wasn't going to be great for him, so he'd just get rid of the ball more quickly. And it largely worked. Like, guys like Christian Kirk from the slot, receivers like that, that's what made the, the uh, Jaguars go. But now you have Calvin Ridley, who's going to be your biggest vertical threat. You can't get rid of the ball quickly. You have to hang on in terms of Ridley ultimately getting some space to get wide open. So that's going to be a big question to me. This is an inexperienced secondary for the Colts. So this could be a spot where Ridley goes off. He's at 62 and a half receiving yards. To me, that's very live. Yep. I love the over there. I do too. And I wonder if a lot of betters, just because people know Calvin Ridley likes to bet, apparently, they will be yeah. also on that. Just like he's one of us and hit the over on Calvin Ridley receiving yards in his first game back. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, could the Steelers knock off a trendy pick to win the NFC? That's right here on the BetQL Network.